the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. the Nick T podcast and I am uh, your host Nick Tigilio and uh, w- this is episode number 56 for the Nick T podcast if you're hearing it on the first day it is indeed a Friday and we are part of the Radio Misfits podcast network my thanks to Jason Skaggs my main man out of Houston does all the music and the themes and the sounds and the goofiness that you hear on the podcast and he's incredibly talented and I thank my man Jason Skaggs um, and I thank you for uh, subscribing, for listening, and for being a part of this podcast. And if you want to be a part of the podcast on a bigger level, like, if you want to hear your voice on the podcast, leave a voicemail message with any question, any comment, anything, 773-417-6948. By the way, on Monday, on episode number 57, coming up after this one, it is our monthly For the People episode, which is the first Tuesday of each month. I have Tom Appel from Consumer Guide Automotive on the show. Uh, and Herb Weissbaum, the consumer man from Checkbook.org, on the show to answer any and all your questions. For Herb, it's all consumer-related questions, keeping your money safe, staying safe from scams and things like that. And for Tom, it's any and all related uh, car questions and car things, automotive things. Uh, both guys are incredibly informative, incredibly entertainment, uh, entertaining, and they will help you with any questions that you have. So if you have any car-related questions for Tom or any consumer-related, money-related questions, scam-related questions for Herb, Leave them on the voicemail, and we will play them for uh, those guys uh, coming up on um, Tuesday's uh, podcast. Or you can drop us an email. So any questions for for the people, any car-related questions or concerns, any money-related questions or concerns, get them in now so that we can tell them and question and ask them to Herb and Tom, who will help you out, the most knowledgeable guys in the world. And it is for you. It's for the people. So leave those car questions, those consumer questions, voicemail, 773-417-6948. Email nickdpodcast at gmail.com. So any car questions for Tom, any consumer questions for Herb, again, voicemail, 773-417-6948. Email nickdpodcast at gmail.com. And those, uh, those addresses, the email address and the voicemail number, those are open for every question, not just uh, for Tom and Herb, but anytime you want to make a comment or you want to be a part of the podcast or uh, you know, give us some suggestions, anything that's on your mind, we want to hear from you. This is your podcast, too. So leave those voicemails and leave those emails as well. My thanks to everybody at uh, Radio Misfits. Radiomisfits.com is the home of many incredible podcasts, and I'm happy to be a part of that family. You can check uh, my podcast out there and every, everywhere where you can check out uh, podcasts on any platform. Please take the time to rate and review us. We want your feedback. Rate and review us on every platform and check us out at radiomisfits.com. Also, if you want to be a, uh, a sponsor, if you want to advertise on this here podcast, lots of people listen. You will reach a lot of people. Uh, just say, hey, I want to buy some time. I want to be a sponsor. I want to advertise. 
Check it out. Sales at radiomisfits.com. Get in there now and be a, be, a, uh, be a sponsor, be an advertiser. Sales at radiomisfits.com. So those are all the technical stuff there that's coming up. Coming up on the show, oh, man, I'm very excited. Uh, you know, Flashback Weekend is coming up. A week, it starts a week from today, in fact, um, August 5th through the 7th at the Hyatt Regency O'Hare, the great, beautiful, incredible, huge, fancy, schmancy hotel where we will be celebrating the 20th anniversary of Flashback Weekend Horror Convention. And one of the guests that's going to be there that weekend um, is Alex Winter, who is a terrific actor who also is an incredibly uh, talented guy, really creative, really unique, and also has become and is a great documentary filmmaker. He has made some incredibly um, good, informative, and entertaining documentaries over the years, but he's best remembered as an actor. Uh, You remember him. He's Bill from Bill and Ted, from the Bill and Ted movies. He's Bill from the Bill and Ted movies. You also remember from The Lost Boys and Death Wish 3, the TV show The Idiot Box and the movie Freaked. um, uh, Rosalie went shop, go shopping. Um, he's been in a ton of movies and, uh, you love him. And, uh, he's an incredibly inventive and very, very cool guy. And I'm very, very excited to be talking to the great Alex Winter, who again will be making an appearance at the flashback weekend, uh, next weekend. So you can meet him. You could greet him. You could hang out with him. You can get your picture taken with him, get a, get a professional photo op taken with him as well. Uh, and all kinds of great stuff. So Alex Winter from Bill and Ted is going to be joining me right after uh, this segment. And, of course, the great Esmeralda Leon, who will also be at Flashback Weekend because she is co-hosting our very first live event associated with the Nick T Podcast. Um, Esmeralda and I will be on stage in the big grand ballroom at the Hyatt Regency O'Hare on Saturday, August 6th. Uh, in the afternoon, don't have the time nailed down yet. They're working on the schedule because there's so much stuff going on. There's uh, Q&As, there's meet and greets, there is photo ops, there are uh, autograph sessions uh, and movies and all kinds of stuff that have to be scheduled uh, for those three days. And among those events that's happening on Saturday afternoon, August 6th, make sure you get out there Saturday afternoon, August 6th, we will be recording the very first live version of the Nick D podcast live in front of an audience. And we want you to be a part of that audience. You need to pack the place. So uh, the Nick D fans have to come out in mass to the Hyatt Regency O'Hare in Chicago, in Rosemont. Very easy to get to. Incredible. Uh, tons of parking. All kinds of cool stuff. Uh, if you want to get a room, I think all the rooms are sold out. If I'm not mistaken, I think all the rooms are sold out. But if you want to come on a daily basis to check out the stars and all the cool events at the Flashback Weekend, we'd love to have you. But most importantly, get out there and be a part of the podcast. We are going to do. Uh, we'll be up there for uh, a, a little over an hour. It'll be Esmeralda and I hosting it, and the first part of the podcast recording live will be uh, Esmeralda and I on stage just talking, having some fun, surprise guests possible, and uh, we'll have a microphone in the audience to do Q&As with you so you can be a part of the live podcast, which will be, uh, you know, be available on every platform and everywhere a couple of days later. So it'll be like a couple of days after that podcast is recorded live at the convention, it'll be available on uh, online and everywhere you get your podcast so be a part of it and then the second part of the podcast we will be joined on stage by the great pj souls um and john michael graham who are the couple from uh, halloween and uh, pj souls was in halloween and she was in uh carrie she was in stripes uh, rock and roll high school uh so many other uh, great movies and she's going to be on stage with us live during our podcast so our uh, some of our live guests will include pj souls and john michael graham from halloween 
Esmeralda will be there. You will be there. And we want you to be a part of it. And the whole weekend is a blast. It's unbelievable. Um, you, you will never have more fun with movie screenings and all kinds of fun. And tons of celebrities, including Robert England, who is obviously Freddy Krueger, uh, Heather Landingcamp, and a whole bunch of other people from the Nightmare series. Robert Carradine, uh, Donald Gibb from Revenge of the Nerds are going to be there. I mentioned Alex Winter from Bill and Ted. Uh, Steve Miner, a terrific director who directed Halloween H2O. He directed Lake Placid, the giant alligator movie. He directed the movie House. He directed Friday the 13th Part 2 and Part 3 in 3D. There will be movie screenings and all kinds of really cool events. An incredible vendor room where you can spend a ton of money on incredible, cool, horror-related and genre-related stuff. uh, From T-shirts to CD to DVDs to uh, Blu-rays to action figures. I mean, every possible item that you think you can spend your money on, and you will, is available in the giant, really cool vendor room. Tons of celebrities signing autographs. It's an unbelievably fun weekend, and I am so happy to be back there. I'll be running around like, a, like I do every year, with a, like a chicken with his head cut off, hosting Q&As, um, moderating things, introducing movies, um, doing all the duties that I normally do at the Flashback Convention. And now, in addition to that, all the other stuff that I'm doing, I will be hosting the Nick D podcast live. So get your tickets now, flashbackweekend.com, flashbackweekend.com. Get your tickets now. And, of course, Fenguli is going to be there. The very first guest on this podcast, Rich Coes, will be there. He'll be signing autographs. He'll be taking pictures. He'll be hanging out. He will also be hosting the Sinister Visions costume contest, and I get to hang out with him and introduce him at that event, which, by the way, for me is the highlight of the entire weekend, and that's Saturday afternoon at 4 or 15. Um, so Sven is going to be doing uh, the, the costume contest, uh, and I'll be there to introduce him and hang out. And really, seriously, you need to check out the and, and enter if you have an idea for a costume. The Sinister Vision Costume Contest is at 4.15, August 6th on Saturday, and Sven is your MC. So all of that great stuff is happening, and we want you to pack the place for our very first recording of a live Nick D podcast. And it's out there at the, uh, at the Hyatt Regency O'Hare as part of Flashback Weekend. So get your tickets now, and we will see you Saturday afternoon. We'll see you the whole weekend, 5th through the 7th of August. But Saturday afternoon is when we'll be doing the uh, live podcast. So flashbackweekend.com. And again, Alex Winter will be joining me. Uh, Esmeralda and I will uh, we'll be talking more about scary facts and some insane reality TV shows. We got off on this tangent on the last episode about reality TV shows, uh, which was a lot of fun. So we've discovered some more really crazy reality TV shows. So we'll jump into that as Esmeralda joins me, too. And we're glad that you are listening and that you are part of it. Uh, I don't know if people are going. It's Lollapalooza weekend here in Chicago um, as we uh, as we are uh, recording this and talking about it. Lollapalooza is kicking off. And I seriously couldn't think of a place that I would rather not be in the world than Lollapalooza. Uh, the idea, the just the mere sliver of an idea of going to Lollapalooza for those four days in Grant Park, I seriously would rather dine on broken glass while having needles shoved into my eyes than go downtown to Grant Park at any time during this weekend. I mean, just a nightmare, nightmare situation. Uh, Every year when it pops up at Grant Park over the four days, or it used to be a three-day event, I can't imagine how anybody could have even a remotely good time. And I know I sound like an old man, and I don't give a shit. I don't care. Um, I don't care. I mean, I, you know, like Metallica is the big headlining headliner on Thursday night. Um, uh, Lil Baby, Jasmine Sullivan, Billy Strings. I don't even know who half of these goddamn people are. On uh, Friday night, Dua Lipa, Machine Gun Kelly, 
Glass Animals, and about 25 other acts. Saturday, J. Cole. I don't even know who that is. J. Cole, Big Sean, Cascade, and about 25 other bands. And then on Sunday, Green Day, J-Hope, Porno for Pyros, uh, and about uh, 20 other bands. Uh, I look at the list of bands. I don't know who any of these people are. I've seen Metallica. You know what? I saw Metallica 35 years ago. I don't need to see them now, especially if it's 100 degrees outside and there are a million other sweaty jagoffs there uh, in the middle of Grant Park. I just can't even imagine it. And I know I'm too old for it, and I know it's not meant for me, but you know what? Uh, I don't care. Lollapalooza is the last place on planet Earth that I would want to be this weekend. The last place. I don't understand it. And I know I sound like an old man trying to get some wedges, and I don't care. But my God. Hey, listen, have a good time. Um, and uh, let's see how the, how the super spreaders uh, out there are doing afterwards. I hope people are wearing masks. It's not going to, it's going to get a little bit hot towards the end of the weekend. Luckily the weekend is going to be kind of nice normally. And, and the majority of the times that we've had Lollapalooza here at, at Grant Park over that four days, it averages about a hundred degrees with 9,000% humidity. Sometimes they have to, they, you know, I, there have been a couple of occasions when they've actually had to clear Grant Park because of inclement, horrible, like tornado hurricane type monsoon weather that ripped through the lakefront. Uh, a couple of times. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, hey, listen. Hey, have fun if you're going. Really. I think you're an idiot. But have fun if you're going. And, uh, you know, enjoy 95 bands that no one knows. Have, have fun doing that. Enjoy 95 bands that no one knows. Enjoy walking four blocks for a taco that costs $175. And uh, enjoy bottled water that will cost you 10, 15 bucks a crack. Uh, while people are sweating on you and breathing on you and uh, burying their pot. Uh, and stuff like that for later use. Yeah. Uh, and just the nightmare situation of like, you know, uh, taking the L downtown and back and forth and stuff like that. I used to work on the weekends at, uh, work on Saturday nights at the, at the, at the stupid ass car wash, WGN, the stupid ass car wash used to work down there. And, uh, that weekend trying to actually navigate the CTA is also a nightmare because the sweaty drunk morons who have spent three hours in the hot sun watching bands that no one has ever heard of are now filling up the, the trains and the buses. So, yeah, it's a great weekend to stay the hell away from downtown Chicago. So uh, anywhere but Grant Park is the place to be this weekend. I hate Lollapalooza. I used to go when it was just a one-day touring event when there would be maybe five bands total. And, uh, you know, back in the early 90s when it started, I went to about five or six Lollapaloozas when they would play the World Music or the Tweeter Center or whatever the hell it's called you know, um, in uh, Tinley Park, used to go to see that, and that was too much for me. Like, there'd be, like, by the fourth band, I'm like, oh, God, you know. And then when they added another band and all that, or another stage, a smaller stage on the other part of the thing, that was a little bit too much for me. But five, four days in the middle of Grant Park with a bunch of sweaty jagoffs who are drunk, watching a bunch of bands that I don't know and spending $15 for a bottle of water, uh, that does not sound like a pleasant experience to me, so... Anyway, hey, have fun. Lollapalooza weekend. Yes, morons on display, and we'll see how many COVID cases come out of that. So anyway, I know I sound grumpy and I sound old, and I really don't care. So uh, anyway, I'd rather chew glass than go to Lollapalooza. But that's okay, because my weekend, my dream weekend, is next weekend. So this weekend is a nightmare weekend called Lollapalooza. Next weekend is a dream weekend, which also features a nightmare, a nightmare on Elm Street. A bunch of a whole bunch of those people. So anyway, next weekend, head out to the Hyatt Regency O'Hare for the Flashback Horror Convention and the live broadcast podcast, I should say, the live recording of the podcast that you will be a part of. So anyway, 
All right. Uh, speaking of flashback weekend, um, I'm going to tell you congratulations, and she's going to say this. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. I know you do, baby. But anyway, uh, after congratulations, the one and only Alex Winter from the Bill and Ted movies is going to join me to talk uh, God, about a lot. All right. Congratulations. Congratulations. You're about to listen to the Nick D podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today. It makes the other podcasts seem like crap. Oh, yeah. Don't be a jackal. Flashback Weekend is coming up. Flashback Weekend uh, Horror Convention here in Chicago. Uh, it's the 20th anniversary. It's going to be an incredible celebration, an unbelievable weekend. I have been with it since the beginning um, as a moderator, a host, do the Q&As, introduce screenings, all kinds of stuff. I'm basically there all weekend running my, my ass off, and it's a blast. And uh, this weekend, it's, it, it starts next weekend, in fact, a, uh, in fact, a week from today, August 5th through the 7th at the... Um, at the uh, Hyatt Regency O'Hare, flashbackweekend.com for your tickets. A lot of amazing people are going to be there, including my guest here on the podcast that I want to welcome, um, the, the great Alex Winter. Alex, thanks for doing this, man. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Much I'm appreciated. A, I'm a huge fan, and uh, of course, I, I do want to get to you know, uh, a, lot of the, a lot of the stuff, uh, you know, including obviously the Bill and Ted movies and Lost Boys um, and things like that. But I, I want to dive into some other stuff, if that's cool. Okay. Can we talk about the idiot box, please? Sure. Um, okay. I'm always happy to talk about the idiot box. Yeah. <laughs> I love that show, man. I love it. It was insane. And your partner, who you in fact moved to LA with, is Tom Stern. A lot of the a lot of the stuff you did and, and still continue to do. He was your partner for a long time in terms of like filmmaking, directing, writing, creating, all that stuff. Can you tell me a little bit about how that partnership started? Uh, well, I was at NYU Film School. And uh, Tom and I met at NYU freshman year, first day of freshman year. And neither of us uh, came from a lot of money and film school was expensive. And we realized that we could pool our our allotments um, and end up making bigger movies. We were both pretty ambitious and had kind of designs on making larger films than our wallets would allow us. So we we started making movies together. and uh, we kept going. We made a film at NYU. We made a, a several films at NYU, but one film that we made at NYU was called Squeal of Death. It's a 16-minute short film uh, that we both wrote and directed, and I play like 25 characters in. And um, uh, that became kind of a calling card for us. It caught the attention of Sam Raimi and some other folks. And yeah. Anytime I was acting, then child actor so i actually moved out to la before tom and was doing lost boys and some things like that and um uh and then he moved out and we started directing commercials and uh, mostly music videos and shorts and things like that and we we had this anthology comedy that sam raimi was trying to produce for us called laugh out Uh, it was a movie script we went all over town with sam with that thing and nobody wanted it um, I think 
Amazon Women on the Moon. Some anthology comedy had just come and flopped, sure. and yeah, this yeah, sort of yeah. prevailing attitude in Hollywood yeah. was that anthology comedies don't work. Um, yeah. So, the, so, so it, was not, Bill, it was it was not a time for Kentucky Fried Movie. That was just not. A, it was no. not. No, <laughs> yeah, right. it, it, it really was not. Right. Um, and then uh, by then I'd done Bill and Ted, and it was a big hit. And MTV came to me and asked me if I would guest VJ the entire afternoon slot as Bill. Uh, which was an, an appalling idea. Um, wait, wait. And, <laughs> somehow, somehow I don't remember that, man. Somehow I don't. That slipped my mind because <laughs> it didn't happen. Thanks. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So I said absolutely effing no. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I do have this script, um, and maybe I knew that they were starting to get into content. It was really early. Um, they were not doing original content uh, much. They were just starting this thing called liquid television um, that had uh, like, you know, Eon flux and some mostly animated stuff. Uh, they really weren't doing live action. I said, what if, what if I do like a sketch comedy show <clears throat> on MTV instead? And, and they went for it. And so Tom and I took laugh at it and we broke it up into pieces. Um, and Tim Burns came in, who was our, you know, went on to write freaked with us. Um, yeah. And we sort of pulled all the actors that we were working with in short films at that time. And we made the idiot box for like no money, but we had complete creative control and it did very well on MTV. It was a big hit for them. And, uh, and it was great for us. It sort of launched our, our career. You know, it's amazing to think that there was a time when you couldn't get something that Sam Raimi was behind produced. Isn't that unbelievable? <laughs> there's all there's always a time where you can't get something produced. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah, in my experience. Yeah, yeah. It's just that you know, obviously, that was like eleven years before Spider Man, so it was like you know, people knew Sam's crazy ass work from Evil Dead and stuff like that. But at that time, you know, he's not the Sam Raimi of now, which is kind of it's amazing how things change. It really is. Yeah. 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 You mentioned uh, some of the people that you worked with in Idiot Box. I, I got to tell you, uh, Alex, uh, I, w- is that is Idiot Box ever going to like come out proper, like with like a proper? No, I don't think no. so. I no. mean, it's it's we've we've tried. I've talked to MTV about it. Um, they've hemmed and hawed and never done really done anything about it. I, there's one issue is that it's under 60 minutes and you can't put a DVD out that's under 60 minutes. So I've said, why don't we put Squeal of Death and other stuff on and just pat it out. And yeah. They kind of hemmed and hawed and then disappeared for another decade. Um, then they launched MTV.com. I was like, why don't we throw it on that? It'd be easy enough. Just digitize it and stick it up on the platform. They hemmed and hawed and then disappeared for another decade. So <laughs> um, I, it's on YouTube. You know, Freaked is on YouTube. Right. Um, they're like pretty good quality both of them mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people still watch them that way and uh yeah. you know i'll keep trying but i i've no. never really met with any success there that's too bad i mean that's how i watch freaked and idiot box is is through youtube mm-hmm. uh there there are things in idiot box that still that make me laugh my ass off the eddie the flying gimp uh just kills me um uh i knew lee arenberg who you worked with several yep. times uh because have, he yeah, lee is great he was uh, he would come here to Chicago back because I knew back in the late 80s and the early 90s, I knew John Cusack and Jeremy Piven pretty well. Um, yeah. And they had new crime here and Tim Robbins had actors gang there. And, you know, Lee kind of jumped between the two of them. So I knew him. And then when he showed up in Idiot Box, you know, that was fantastic. And you had Guar, for God's sake. Guar is in yep. Idiot Box. Amazing. Yep, they are indeed. Yeah. <sighs> 
you know, and I just, yeah. so it was, it, it must've been just a blast to do that, man, to have all that freedom and the shit you guys did was so funny and so crazy, completely batshit nuts. And, and, and I loved it. So it must've been, oh, just, thank you. I appreciate it must've been a real blast to do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was really fun. Um, it was, uh, hard, you know, we, we were doing everything ourselves. We were editing ourselves primarily, um, and, uh, and certainly building all of the, the sequences and everything. And there was no money at all. We were yeah. directing out of propaganda films at that time. We were basically using propaganda as a studio, um, cause they would just let us use the building at night. So all of our sets were usually bastardizing some someone's <laughs> office. I think we, I think I shot rock account in Michael Bay's cubicle. No um, kidding. <laughs> and I don't think he's ever just forgiven us for destroying yes. it, but um, at like two o'clock in the morning, right? Nobody was sure. There. And yeah, we yeah, yeah. Didn't, didn't ask for permission. <laughs> um, damn, damn my eyes is, is shot in the middle of the floor of propaganda. So uh, uh, um, <laughs> we were like the bastard punk rock kids, you know, like Fincher and, Bay and all these folks were directing yeah. like the big stuff and we were like directing the no budge stuff. So, um, yeah, it was fun. I was really young. It was the beginning of a lot of stuff and I was acting a lot and it was, uh, we went on and did freaked and then we went our separate race and I started directing independently and mm-hmm. went did fever after that and the whole mess yeah. of stuff. Well, Freaked is my, my partner who will be with me in the next segment and joins me always in the third segment of my podcast. My partner is this lovely woman named Esmeralda Leon, who you will meet at the convention. She will be there. Um, one of her favorite movies ever in the entire world is Freaked, and she will freak oh, when she sweet. meets you. Um, tell me about you. We mentioned a little bit about it, but I mean, you got Brooke Shield. You got, well, William Sadler obviously played Death in, in, in Bogus, so that's how you got him. But you got Morgan Freeman, Randy Quaid, John Hawks, before John Hawks, you know, was John Hawks. <laughs> Mr. T, Bob Goldthwait, Gibby Haynes from Butthole Surfers, and Keanu's in it. Uh, how did how did you get those people? And I mean, that again must have been like a real thrill because the the result is hilarious. It's a, it's a it's a real. No, thrill. thank you. Um, so well, tell me a, lot a little of bit those about folks that. Folks were in the idiot box. Um, mm-hmm. John and I, John Hawks and I met on a Percy Adlon movie uh, called Rosalie Go Shopping that I acted in and. And by the way, I love. By the way, I, I love that movie, dude. I love that. Oh, movie. great! And you're great oh, in that. You. And I, I'm a big fan thank of Baghdad you. Cafe too, which is also great. Yeah, yeah. he's great. He's a really yeah. good filmmaker. But we uh, we met on that, became friends, um, and he started doing some of the stuff with us. Uh, Lee Ehrenberg um, was already doing short films with us before we even got to the Idiot Box, and then he was in the Idiot Box, and then uh, he was in Freaked. Uh, a lot of the 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 freak for us was kind of the idiot box movie. So yeah. Tim Burns came on and wrote it with us. And a lot of people were involved that were involved in, in that. I mean, the big score for us was really getting Randy Quaid to play yeah. Elijah. Um, we had gone through a bunch of names and it was really hard to find the right person. And he, he's so incredibly good in it. Um, yeah. And uh, he always and seemed, he always he, seemed game to me. You know what I mean? Whenever I see Randy Quaid in movies, it's like, he's, he's a dude that seems game. Like, yeah, hell I'll do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, he's very, you know, he was very, very particular as well, though, in terms of kind of his taste and how he approached a role. Uh, he was very serious, uh, not in a, in a self-important way, just he took he took his craft very seriously. Yeah. yeah. Um, spent a lot of time figuring this guy out. Uh, we were so happy with, with, with his performance and, and how he came at it and then to get 
Mr. T and Brooke Shields and, yeah. and some of these other folks was, was pretty great. But a lot of the folks that are in the film um, are people we had worked with before. Right. Yeah. Well, it's great. And, uh, and I'm glad, I mean, you know, uh, uh, at least people can see it and it's, 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 you can watch it on YouTube. You can see free you can see idiot box and they're do- so definitely worth seeing. And that's some of my favorite stuff that you've ever done, man. I just, Oh, thank you. It's that's such it. an, I appreciate that. It's such an original comedic vision and voice and your style. And you, and you just go balls out, dude. I mean, the stuff that you do, like, I remember when I was watching the, I can remember back 30 years watching the idiot box and just the first, the their very first episode, like when they, you know, you're going to get your car, your head run over by the, by the, by the clown. By Lee. Like, yeah. Yeah. By Lee <laughs> dressed up as a clown. I'm like, what the fuck is yeah. this? You know, when I was, <laughs> but in a good way, you know what I mean? Like, man, like in a good way, yeah. like what the fuck am I watching? And why is this so awesome? Um, yeah. and you know, I really wanted a second season. What, I mean, if it was su- such a success, why didn't, you know, MTV do a second? Because season? they had no money. They, they asked us. I mean, in fact, they told us we had to do a second season. Um, but they really weren't paying us anything. And yeah. by that point we had freaked off the ground. And so right. we, we just turned them down for season two. Yeah. Um, and we went off and made our movie instead. And, uh, I mean, it was, you know, you make a $12 million movie for a major film studio or make this and make literally go broke <laughs> right. yeah. and have no money at all. Yeah. Uh, so we, we took the better option for sure. But, yeah. um, look in a perfect world of MTV had been a bit more advanced in terms of being able to manage, uh, live action, um, content, which they really weren't at that time. No, you know, they would have come back to us with like real money and we would have done a real show, but it was yeah. just too early. And, it was. Uh, and I mean, I mean, you're talking, a, you're talking a, a full year before real world, you know, uh, changed everything. And that's not even a scripted show. You know what I mean? So, so, but yeah. Like, and there wasn't much in the way of anthology comedy at that time. And yeah. there wasn't much in the way of sort of a, this aggressive anthology comedy. And right. so it just wasn't, um, it wasn't the kind of thing that was going to, was going to keep going in, the, in that way. And, and I, you know, I had no interest in doing it in a more toned down, watered down way for a right. regular network. Um, sure. It was really kind of an all or nothing thing. So yeah. it was either do something that was special and unique or, or just move on. Gotcha. Well, uh, you know, to get into your mind, what, what kind of comedic influences did you have? What were you watching? What were you reading? What were you listening to when you were growing up that hit you? Um, well, Born in the UK and my family, um, there was always a lot of British comedy in our household, even when I moved to the States. So, um, you know, Peter Sellers, Spike Milligan, uh, Python, uh, big influences, Mel Brooks, um, growing up, Buster Keaton for me physically in terms of physical comedy. Um, you know, I loved what, what I got into makeup effects and prosthetics when I was really young, um, in St. Louis, I started, you know, my parents were dancers and I was doing theater at that time. So I would go to um, the makeup department at the college university my mom worked at. And then I started going to the actual effects houses in yeah. St. Louis and getting latex and, and starting yeah. to create like prosthetics. I was really into Dick Smith and all that. Yeah. So it was sort of co- this collision of, of like character, extreme character based comedy, which is what Python was doing, like what Terry Jones did with Mr. Creosote, things like that was stuff <laughs> yeah. that I really loved. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Mel Brooks would do that sometimes. Yeah. So yeah. I think that was it. And then as I got older, um, uh, sort of getting into into more of the kind of punk rock and uh, kind of 60s influenced comedy and art, um, Arkham and, and EC Comics and the collision of like EC Mad and then into like 
um, Zap and some of those. Yeah. So, and that, what, that was what was interesting for, for me was when I met Tom at, at NYU, we had, we had very similar sensibilities and we had mm-hmm. similar influences. And that's what kind of, I think, our, you know, led us ultimately to making Freak, which was like a, and, and, you know, once we, Tim Burns came into the mix and he had his own stew of influences and, and uh, it's really, I think, the creative vision of the three of us, mm-hmm. uh, mostly, that kind of slammed all these things together to make yeah. that work, that it's, immediate it's, box. You mentioned, um, you know, you mentioned the, the whole, like, being fascinated doing makeup and latex and stuff. Just, just a, a couple of weeks ago, uh, last week, in fact, I saw The Thing again on the 40th anniversary on the big screen uh, in the theater. Mm-hmm. And God damn it, if that doesn't hold up, if Botine's effects are not still, like, jaw-dropping in that. But they're so imaginative. Uh, I mean, they're incredibly well executed, but they're so imaginative. And I think that that The Thing, the thing with movies is, is it's so much about uh, committing to a tone. And when a director commits to... Uh, to a tone and, and, and actually delivers on it beginning to end. Those movies are timeless. I think those are the mm. movies that you can watch 20, 30 years, 40 years later. Yeah. Um, and the thing for me holds up as well because it's, it, he Carpenter's tone is so specific and he does not waver from it at all. Yeah. And it yeah. just works. Um, totally. Yeah. Uh, I it, love that film. It's me. It's one of my favorites of all time too. And seeing it on the big screen was pretty, again, I mean, I saw it, uh, I'm your age, uh, so when that film came out, I was like 17, 18 when it came out, and I was like, and I was already mm-hmm. the biggest, Car- I was already the biggest Carpenter fan of the world. He's my favorite director, and I lost my shit when I saw it. And I remember when it came out, it tanked, it bombed, and you know, uh, you know, now of course, 40 years later, people now give it the respect it deserves. But that seems to be the case with a lot of Carpenter movies. When Big Trouble came out, bombed, almost ended his career. And, you know, then years later, people are like, oh, yeah, that's a great movie. He's like, where were you 40 years ago? You were going to see E.T. Yeah. That's where you were, you know. So, but anyway. Um, yeah. So, but, but yeah, so that, all that stuff is very apparent in, in, the, in the stuff that you're doing. Now, it, it, uh, I want to get into the Bill and Ted stuff really quickly. Um, when you did Bill and Ted, the first one, you did Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, any idea that it was going to turn into what it turned into? Oh, none at all. I mean, yeah. it's a little ramshackle movie made on a low-budget uh, for an independent uh, studio with first time everything, first time writers, first time directors, first time stars. Everybody involved was really young. We were all in our 20s. Some of yeah. us, me and Keanu, are, were in our early 20s. And uh, we we weren't pessimistic about it um, or negative. We had a great time and we were really happy and enthusiastic to be making it. And the fact that we were all so young was part of the fun. We just kind of went off. Nobody was watching us. So we went right. off and did our thing right. and made a film that we wanted to make the way we wanted to make it and, and you know, and didn't have any expectations at all. And, and uh, then the film was shelved. So we thought it was, for a yeah. long time, we thought it was never going to see the live day. It was sat on a shelf for a year. And, and, um, and at that time, Orion was going through a bunch of crap at that time too, right? Yeah, but Ryan didn't have the movie. Um, the, it was it was made by De, De Laurentiis. And, oh, okay. uh, all right, right, right. And then De Laurentiis went bankrupt. Deg, that particular company went bankrupt, and right. then um, it sat on a shelf uh, and uh, for about a year. And then a very small company called Nelson Entertainment bought it uh, out of bankruptcy for nothing, for like for like a, you know like a fire sale. 
Yeah. Um, and it was really Nelson's movie and they made a, a, a fortune off of that. Uh, and, uh, the, the second one was, was, uh, more of the Orion movie okay. and that, mm-hmm. that had similar issues as well, but, but not thankfully to that extreme. Yeah. Uh, but the first one was a complete underdog, like a, yeah. a total underdog. And, uh, I'm really proud of the fact that it, it, it came out, it did incredibly well. Uh, it hit the zeitgeist in a way that no none of us expected. And then when we had the opportunity to make a second, um, you know, I'd say primarily the four of us, Chris Matheson, Ed Solomon, the two writers, Keanu and myself, were pretty adamant about not making some lame cookie cutter sequel. Just said, yeah. you know what, screw it. You know, we, we swung for the fences on the first one and now we have like so, a little bit of cachet. Let's swing for the fences on the second one and make something that's not at all like the first one and not at all what anyone expects. Yeah. And, and I was like, and I want to get into some prosthetics. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got to say so, of the three, I like all three. I like all the, all three of them. Bogus journey is my favorite. Uh, it's just the one that it just, yeah, kills. mine too. I, it, yeah. It's my favorite. I love the stuff that you guys do with Sadler as death. I mean, that shit is classic. It's just brilliantly funny. And you guys are so funny in it. I love it. Um, uh, and I, I do want to talk, you appeared in Judd Apatow's documentary about George Carlin, because obviously in an incredible fashion, you, you got to work with George Carlin, man, on, on Excellent Adventure. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about that? I know you talked about it in the doc, which I watched, and that doc is great, that, that Judd Apatow yeah. made. Um, but tell me a little bit about what it was like to work with that guy, man, Carlin. Uh, Carlin was phenomenal. Um, he was a, uh, you know, he was a tight Titanic personality when Keanu and I worked with him. And so, you know, I was fairly starstruck, which wasn't something that I was often cause I'd been working with big stars since I was a little kid. Yeah. Um, but he was kind of in a different league, uh, than actor, famous actor people. He was, uh, you know, this sort of cultural Titan. Um, that I'd grown up with and had a new class clown by heart. And uh, so it was very exciting um, and scary. And then he showed up and he was this really quiet, modest, curious, interesting guy who just wanted to know how to act and Mm -hmm. sort of watching everybody and figure out how to do it. And uh, just this lovely human being. I mean, not, you know, not completely unlike... um, uh, who he is on on camera, but not as wired. Um, right, just a right. bit more, you know, a bit quieter and a bit more gentle. And uh, and that was the George that I knew. Well, it, it's you know, obviously the result is great, and uh, there had to be a bit of melancholy, obviously, when you make the third one in George's past at that point. Um, oh yeah, I mean, there was melancholy know. when he died because he died young. And, yeah, of course, of uh, course. I, yeah, I yeah. felt grateful that I got to see him shortly before that but it was uh it was really sad um but the third one was was really moving for us because there were so many people who did come back um so many people who came back and and uh it it took us a long time to get made and we're really we were really happy with it really happy with how well it did um but that you know first day on set having everybody there hal and amy and just all these folks that that some of whom we hadn't seen in a really long time. Yeah. Certainly none of whom we'd worked with in a really long time. It was very, very it, sweet. The other thing about, about the movie, and it was wonderful to see, man. I mean, as a fan, it was so beautiful to see you guys back together after all these years and, the, and you know, the people coming back and everything. Um, and also, I also love the fact that, you know, uh, 
you know, Agent Smith's niece uh, plays your daughter. I think that there's like a, you know, like a Matrix little connection there that I find, that I find pretty yeah. interesting <laughs> that I always, <laughs> always, always amuses me. Um, but it also, the, you know, when that film was scheduled to release and when it came out, it was a very, as you know, obviously a really screwed up time in the world and in the movie business as to where are we going to release this? Who's going to see it because of the lockdown, because of COVID. But your movie, I think Bill and Ted was one of the first movies where people were like, shit, I'm going, man, I'm going to go and see it. And it was, it's, it, it's, it, it came out at a time when a movie like that had like, a, I think at least it, 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 in, in, in history, it's going to have like a heroic reputation about its release and when it came out. Yeah, I mean, the thing about making films is is you make the best film you can and you assume that if it's good enough, it'll stand the test of time, in which case, you know, the release is, is, is really is very, very important. I would not discount it. It's, it's the whole it's where all of your money gets made primarily. Um, but I also knew that our fan base was sophisticated and would would be fine with a digital release and that the film would work really well digitally. Um, and so I had no problem whatsoever putting it out that way. And, and, you know, COVID is, is a nightmare and the pandemic is very serious, but, uh, the, you know, the flip side is that of that is that we had a captive audience and the film, you know, we were the number one comedy in the U S for months and months and months and months because yeah. there was literally yeah. nothing else. To right, 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 right. Um, <laughs> so, uh, it ended up working fine for us, uh, but it was, you know, you want a movie to play on screen and you want a comedy to play on screen. There's a communal factor to yeah. people being in yeah. a big space together. And theaters are really, really important. And uh, so it was, it, you know, I wouldn't lie and say it, it wasn't disappointing um, to not have that communal experience with the audience because we didn't. And, yeah. Yeah. you know, and we showed we did very well where we, where we were showing theatrically in the UK, Australia, Japan, things like that. We were yeah. shown theatrically and we, and we did well, but you know, I the U S was, was, I, I can tell pandemic you at that time, I can tell you that Mike and Mia, who you now, who you now know, Whoa, <laughs> what happened there? <laughs> you all right, Alex? Yeah, drop something. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> All right. Anyway, but you know that Mike and Mia, who you now know, who run Flashback Weekend, who you've been communicating with, they run a drive-in, uh, you know, uh -huh. um, called the Midway Drive-In here in Illinois, in Dixon, Illinois. And they w just did fantastic with your movie. Like, you know, because it opened up at drive-ins. People could stay in the car and stay, you know, 12 feet away and wear your mask and stuff like that. And they, they had a wonderful time showing it, and the crowds all loved it. And they have nothing but positive experiences uh, to say about showing, you know, face the music at their drive-in. And, and that's a pretty Oh, that's thing. great. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Love hearing that. Um, before you get out of here, I, I can't, like, I'm, I'm, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about what you're doing now, man. You are uh, a tremendous documentary filmmaker, dude. I just want to say that. And, um, oh, and I want to make sure, and I want to make sure that people know it and see your movies. And I know, you know, you know, we could talk about Bill and Ted and we can talk about Lost Boys forever, but I want to make sure that people know, about the stuff you're doing currently and the, and the documentaries that you've made in the past. Um, uh, first of all, let me just say, uh, your Zappa documentary is great, man. It's great. Oh, um, thank you. How did, how did that happen? And did you, obviously you must've gotten like permission from the entire family and all that stuff. Cause it's, it's a really great piece of work. So tell me a little bit about how that one came in. Uh, well, I mean, I, I wanted to tell a story about Zappa. Um, you know, my interest in this stuff, most of the docs I make have some kind of um, 
social or sociopolitical or cultural topical nature. That's kind of what drew me to docs in the first place. And uh, so my interest in Zappa was really about making a film about an artist um, more so than making like a music documentary. Um, and uh, it was primarily, you know, capturing this extremely controversial, provocative, dualistic character who lived at a really significant and interesting time in American history and was very engaged with those times and very engaged with his art. And I was really curious about what made someone like that tick. And that's, that kind of curiosity is often what will drive you to make something. Um, that was how I pitched it to Gail, uh, Frank's widow, um, who's now since passed, sadly. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, I just was like, look, I'm, I'm happy to, you know, for you guys to say no, but like my interest in this is really specific. I don't really want to make a rock God movie as much as a film about art and making art and trying to make art when the politics around you are insane. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, and she really liked that idea. Um, and so that was really what gave me the way in. And then she gave me access to the vault and that was, we were off and running from there. Yeah. It was a you know, I guess all end to end. It took six years uh, of wow. my life. So, wow. um, it was, yeah, it's kind of no joke. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, yeah. I mean the, the, you know, the, the result is great, man. Uh, the, the, it's a, it's, oh, a, trem- it's a tremendous that. documentary. And, uh, where can people, uh, just to let people know if Zappa's out there, where can people see it? Cause it should be seen. It's kind of it. everywhere. It's on Hulu. It's on Amazon, iTunes. It's all over the place. Mm-hmm. It's really easy to see. Digitally. And it's called Zappa. So the people, it's an it's easy title. Zappa. It's an easy title yep. to remember. Um, I yeah. do want to mention, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, you have sort of a commonality in some of the docs that you do. What is it about technology and the internet and the web and all that stuff? And you jumped in on that stuff very early on. You showed an interest in that kind of, you know, that tech, that wheel, that internet stuff and the web stuff very early on. What is it about that that fascinates you so much that you've made, you know, a few pieces about it? Um, you know, I, I got interested in technology pretty early, um, uh, both computers and then uh, the internet pre-web was interesting to me. I started getting involved in pre-web internet communities like IRC and other BBS Usenet networks. And yeah. The, the, the growth of community there was really interesting to me, um, but it also seemed very clear that it was going to shape culture in a lot of ways, both good and bad. And uh, that has been um, of great interest to me. It was sort of what led me to want to make documentaries in the first place. And mm-hmm. so I have done, yeah, I've done three or four docs in the tech space. I've just finished my fourth, I guess, with the YouTube doc, which right. we just premiered at Tribeca um, a month ago and will be out later this year. So sort of looking at the growth of, of online communities and how that shapes the regular world and like what yeah. impact it has, yeah. um, has been, has been of huge interest. I mean, of course it's, it's something that's driving a lot of humanity at the moment. So it's, it's a serious topic. Yeah, it is. And it's, you know what you do incisive work, man. And, and, uh, and you know, you learn from the stuff that you see like downloaded deep web trust machine. Um, I want to mention that you mentioned the YouTube effect, which is your latest. Congratulations on the on the reception that it got at Tribeca, man. Um, and thanks. Is it is yeah. it gonna what What are we looking at release wise for that? Uh, it'll be later this year. I'll I'll post that info as I have it. We're just working that out now. Um, mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's exciting. Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited to get this one out into the world. Well, cool, man. Uh, all, all I can say, man, is that, uh, you know, it's, it's been, uh, you know, I've been a fan of yours for a very long time, and you and I are of the same age, and we have very similar sort of tastes. Like, you know, my dad at, at nine years old, my, I remember this very specifically, Alex, very quick story here. Uh, I was watching, if I'm not mistaken, I was watching uh, 
uh, welcome back, Cotter. And my dad came in the room, and I was laughing my ass off. And my dad said, uh, listen, Sunday night at 1030, um, we're going to watch PBS. And yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you something. My dad's like, I'm going to show you something that you should be laughing at instead of this shit. And that's when I discovered Python. And it was because of my dad. My dad was like, you are not, not going to watch this Cotter stuff. Here's Python. <laughs> and everything kind of changed after that. And, you know, I'm into way into horror movies. Obviously, I wouldn't be, a, you know, a, a, a host at this, at this uh, flashback convention if I weren't. So you and I have a lot of the same interests. And your sensibility is very similar to mine. And I just want to say it's, a, it's great to watch you act. It's great to watch you do what you do. And I am really thrilled every time a new doc comes out that you direct. I think you're, fanatic. I think you're phenomenal, man. So. Oh, great. Thank you. And yeah, I'm back under the prosthetics for a new film that we're shooting this summer, which will be fun. So oh, cool. um, there's more, more craziness cool. coming down the road. Cool. Well, listen, Alex, uh, you're going to have a great time. This is your first time at Flashback. Um, do, you like doing the, yeah. do, you like doing, do you like doing the cons? Is it a fun time for you? Yeah, I do. I don't do that many. I do maybe one a year. Um, and it's always, it's, it's actually really fun to engage with the fans directly in that way. Um, yeah especially now that COVID is winding down a bit, but it's, yeah. it's been, uh, it's been, you know, I like, you know, I've been around a while. I've been doing this a while. And so the fans I have, some of them go back quite a ways, yeah. um, you know, lost boys and before lost boys. So, yeah. Uh, you got a lot of, de- uh, you got a lot of death wish free fans out there, Alex. I do believe it. Yeah. Or not. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, I, I did back in the day. Then that went quiet for a while. Then I guess the internet being sort of the the regurgitator of all culture for good and ill. Uh, I've now got a whole new crop of Death Wish three fans that have resurfaced cool. into my life. I so, guarantee you. Yeah. I guarantee you. You'll have a big faction of that at Flashback. Um, you know, I've been to a lot of conventions, and I'm not saying this because I work for Flashback, and I'm going to be there all weekend doing the Q and A's and stuff. Uh, it's the best con that you'll ever go to and uh, because they treat the oh, people right great. you're gonna have a great time and they've got photo ops just for great. people who are listening they got photo ops you can get a picture taken uh, with alex at the phone booth uh as a photo op and uh you know you'll be there all weekend there's going to be a q a and all kinds of cool stuff uh and you'll be there yeah all it'll weekend. be fun yeah it's going to be a good time uh, i really want to thank you man i've been a fan for a long time it's been it's it's uh, special that you join me on the podcast and i'll see you man i'm gonna come up and say hi and we'll hang out a little bit at the great. at the con next week dude sounds good look forward to it okay alex thanks buddy Okay. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Esmeralda. Yeah. Esmeralda Leon. Yeah. Esma. I'm talking about that Esma. Esmeralda Leon. Yeah. Esmeralda. Yeah, yeah. Esmeralda Leon. Yeah, that's right. You hear that funky theme, you know it's time for Esmeralda Leon. Hi, Esmeralda. Hi. Hey, just had a fantastic conversation with uh, Alex Winter. I know you're a fan. Ah, that's so... I am beyond excited to meet him. Even if, like... Even not even if I meet him, even if he's like across the way, yeah, <laughs> and I get well, to look at him. No, you'll meet like, him. Ooh, that's exciting. No, you, you'll meet him. You'll get a picture. I'll with get him. to. You'll, I'll get to say hello. <laughs> yes, you will. You'll get to meet him. I don't and even it, need a picture. I just want to be like, hey, man. <laughs> there you go, and you'll be able to do that. No problem whatsoever. Hi guy. That will definitely happen. Uh, and he was great. I've you know I, I just finished talking to him, and uh, it was great to talk to him about his great career and 
you know, as a documentary filmmaker, and I know that you'll be uh, happy to know that when you hear it back, uh, we talked a lot about Freaked, and I know how much you love that I, movie. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Comedy Central. <laughs> yeah. How did you discover Freaked? How did that happen? Comedy Central. Yeah. Comedy Central played that's and that's also why I know Fatal Instinct. <laughs> right. With Armand DeSante and Sean Young. Yes. Yeah. It's all Comedy Central because they mm. used to play. I mean, they just would play all these ridiculous movies. And I remember they played Freaked and they played Fatal Instinct. And um, I'm trying to think what else. Did they show probably. some of those? Some of those goofy ass Leslie Nielsen spoofs, those movies. Yeah, I was probably thinking they probably did play Dracula Dead and Loving It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right for that for that Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, because I'm just thinking, I'm like, why would I ever have watched that? Yeah. <laughs> like on my own my own like yeah. want, especially before streaming. Right, this and on was top of way that, before streaming. Why would you? Why would you watch Dracula Dead and Loving It before you would watch something like I don't know, Young Frankenstein or Blazing Saddles? When you have your Mel Mel Brooks choices, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, I don't. I wasn't renting these at the Blockbuster. Right, these were right. on. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, he's yeah, as as you will hear, uh, Esmeralda, uh, when you listen back to this uh, podcast, the interview with Alex. Uh, he's a delight. He's a great guy. A very nice guy. Nice. And uh, he's never been to uh, the flashback convention before. He only does one a year usually, and he's chosen to do this one. So that's pretty Exciting. cool. Exciting. Me and him. Yeah. I'll be like, me too. It's my yeah. first time. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, you'll get to meet him and just know that he's a, an incredibly nice guy, and, and he's going to be great. So I'm excited. I started watching just some th- like interviews and stuff with him, and mm-hmm. he, he was interviewed uh, for his Zappa documentary on Jimmy Kimmel, and apparently he had directed a few Jimmy Kimmel things. He did, like for a minute, like yeah. and that was fun. And then just them talking about that, like we went to someone's house and we like freaked them out and made them think there was a ghost. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he, you know, I mean, I was like that's um, great. He's a very adventurous dude, uh, Alex Winter is. Um, so it's gonna be fun, and you'll, yeah, you'll get to meet him for sure, and it'll be great, and everybody. Uh, come out to the flashback uh, convention. We've been talking about it like, every segment, so I'll just quickly say Esmeralda and I will be there live. It'll be Esmeralda's first time there, so come up and say hi. We are recording our very first live Nick D podcast in the big ballroom. Esmeralda and I on stage, you in the audience. will be doing Q&As with you guys. And uh, PJ Souls and John Michael Graham from the original Halloween are going to be up on stage with us. Uh, it's going to be a blast, and the whole weekend is going to be great. So get your tickets now, flashbackweekend.com. The live podcast will be recorded on Saturday afternoon, August 6th. That's the same day that Sven is going to be there doing the costume contest. And Esmeralda, you're going to, you have to see the costume contest. You're going to freak Oh, out. no, for sure. For sure. Um, and so it's just going to be the whole weekend is going to be great. August 5th through the 7th, you know, from uh, Freddy Krueger, uh, Robert England being there, to the Night of the Comet Girls, to Robert Carradine, to, uh, you know, uh, Steve Miner, the director of Friday the 13th movies and Halloween movies and the big alligator movie, Lake Placid, with uh, Betty White. He's going to be there. Um, and I'll be running around like a maniac. Steve Procopi, who you hear on this podcast reviewing movies with me and Eric, he's also one of the one of the hosts there as well. So get your butt out there. Hyatt Regency O'Hare, August 5th through the 7th. Um, and uh, it's going to be a blast. Flashbackweekend.com. And again, on Saturday afternoon, live on stage, me, Esmeralda, be a part of the live podcast uh, on Saturday afternoon, August 6th. So anyway. But you're going to have a blast, Esmeralda. It's going to be fun. Oh, I don't. I believe it. 
I yeah. I believe I will definitely have a lot of fun. It's going to be even yeah. just for the fact that um and I cannot remember his name at the t- at the moment, but Ogre will be there. <laughs> yeah, Ra- Don Gibb. Yeah. <laughs> so I can just start <laughs> nerds. Yeah, no, nerds, he'll do that nerds. for you. He's an he, yeah. another guy, another incredibly nice guy. He was there a few years ago when Curtis Armstrong, mm-hmm. uh, who played Booger in Revenge of the Nerds, nice. He was there too, and they were there together. And this year, Robert Carradine is there. Um, who plays Lewis in the uh, in the nerds movies, and nice. they're together, and you can get a picture of them together being nerds and all kinds of great stuff. And I just want to yell nerds. He with will. He'll Ogre. do that. No, he'll do that for you. <laughs> Trust me. He's an, an incredibly nice guy. An incredibly nice guy. So oh, uh, it's Again, gonna be fun. A Comedy Central. Uh, thanks, Comedy Central. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen so, all the Revenge of the Nerds. Of course, movies. and there's like six of them. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, so that's all. That's that's. It's just gonna be great. So it's gonna be a fun time. All right. Oh wait, hold on. You know. Uh oh. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and Hi, I love Nick's show. I Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I, I love Nick's show. I, I don't know what she's gonna do next weekend when I'm gone. Uh, the whole weekend, she's gonna be out there going. Wait a minute, where's Nick? Yeah, she's gonna keep ringing the bell. She's gonna ring the bell. God damn it, Nick. That's what's going to be. My neighbors, you won't be there. My neighbors are going to be saying. God damn it, Nick. Actually, they won't because I have, I have some jagoffs uh, living uh, near me. Ugh. The people behind me on the second floor, <laughs> I think they know the people above me to the left on the third floor, and they seem to enjoy partying till around 4 o'clock in the morning every night. Oh, my goodness. Like, yeah, and you never you never knew it before because you were I never there. Yeah, I was I was working, <laughs> and so now, and I don't know, I don't know. I mean, actually, I think these people are kind of newly moved in, so this seems like a new thing. Mm. But I hear a lot of oof, 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 oof. Oh boy! <laughs> oh, oof, oof, you know. Oh wow! And they seem to walk across the back porches because my back porch is right. You know, the the my back windows are right next to their back porch. Mm-hmm. The one that. At the second floor one, and they have to go downstairs and then up the stairs to across across my porch to get upstairs to the third floor party central. And there's a lot of foot traffic behind my back door and my windows all the time. Yeah. Oof, oof, oof. Two o'clock in the morning, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> so I don't know, but uh, clearly I'm not disturbing them. That's that's something that I I, it's not, I don't think yeah, it's possible. Yeah, no, you're for me. you're fine. Yeah, you're the best neighbor. That's right. <laughs> that's right. I'm like Allstate. No, is that Allstate? Yeah, like a good neighbor. No, it's State uh, Farm. Like, State yeah. Farm. State Farm. Oh, okay. You're State in Farm. good, no? No, State, good hands is well, Allstate. Yeah, you're in good. That's okay. Allstate. There you go. State oh, Farm and they have, is um, like they have a good neighbor. Allstate is is the guy from uh, 30 Rock. Uh, uh, hey, dummy. The uh, 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 Liz Lemon's boyfriend from 30 Rock. Um, oh, is it Allstate? Oh, he's Mayhem? Yeah, right? he's Mayhem. Yeah. He's a. Uh, and then uh, wait a minute. So who does? Who's the guy with Jake. the deep voice? And he... Oh, oh, that's well. He's also Allstate, but that's oh, that's okay. uh, that's President. Uh, uh, what's his ass from Twenty Four? Dennis Haysbert. Dang, they. He got was the president in Twenty Four. Quite a celebrity lineup over yeah. there at Allstate. <laughs> but I liked. I, I loved. I love the guy. Why I'm blanking on his name? Dennis something is his name. The guy who plays Mayhem. But I loved I him you on just Thirty said Rock. It. Dennis Hay. No, Dennis Hayes. Dennis oh, Haybert the, is the president. Uh, he's the deep-voiced African American. Oh, Mayhem. Dude. Mayhem is the white guy uh, who's in the Mayhem commercials. Dennis, I think his name is, or something like that. Uh, but it is Dean Winters. You Dean Winters. That's right, Dean <laughs> Winters. Okay, so Dean Winters. But I, 
loved him on 30 Rock. He he was Liz Lemon's. Well, how's it going, dummy? He was Liz Lemon's boyfriend on 30 Rock. I've I've always liked him. Like oh, in yeah. anything. Yeah. He, yeah, he's you know, great. Law and he's Order. Great. Yeah. No, he's uh, great. And you know, God bless him, man. He's got, you know, he's got his oh, money, right. man. He was in Oz. Yeah. And he's got he's got all state money now. You get that recurring character? Oh you no, get, yeah, he's set. You find your you find your flow, you know what I mean? You find your uh you find your uh, the, the 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 very attractive girl from the uh, T-Mobile commercials. Um, oh, and now they're Lily, doing Lily. Oh, the when you T-Mobile. find when you, when you get your Lily, when you find your Lily, or you get your uh, your mayhem, you're set, man. You're good. Have you, uh, by the way, have, the you per- seen, have, have you seen the commercials with uh, Flo now and John Ham? Yeah, hilarious. And she, John Ham is really likes yes. her. Hilarious. I love how oblivious. It's cute. It's I love hilarious. how she's like Tom Ham, my number one customer. <laughs> it's hilarious. I I love John Ham. Oh, I you know my when when I when John Ham because you know you first notice John Ham obviously it's Mad Men, mm-hmm. and I had no idea just how fucking hilarious John Ham was John Ham was until he hosted SNL, and when he hosted SNL I was like oh my god is this guy funny, and then you know obviously Bridesmaids and like eight million other comedies that he's done since then. And obviously now everybody knows just how unbelievably brilliantly funny he is. But yeah. that that first time, I'm like, oh, the dude from Mad Men, Draper from Mad Men is going to host? That'll be hilarious. And he was yeah, great. Because like, what, let's see, he didn't really. Nothing, really. I mean, he's done, he did TV shows and stuff. Well, he was, he he was bit he, parts. I, he dated Gilmore. He dated Lorelai on Gilmore Girls in one episode. I, yeah. Of course, I know that. <laughs> but. But no, but yeah, he, was, he didn't have anything like insane. No, you know what no, I mean? No, like, Draper. Draper was the first big role that he had. The first big lead he ever had was not a comedy, although there were funny elements to Mad Men, but it was a serious, you know, drama. And nobody knew who he was when he hosted SNL. I'm like, oh, this is going to suck. And five minutes in, I'm like, my God, is this guy funny? Now, you want to here's a quick story. You want to hear a quick story about John Hamm the night he hosted SNL? Hmm. There is a, there is a, a, they did a bit where uh, Fred Armisen, or not Fred Armisen, I'm sorry, Bill Hader, the great Bill Hader, used to do a fantastic Vincent Price impersonation. Hello, mm. I'm Vincent Price. And he would do these holiday specials, Vincent Price's holiday specials, where they'd be in black and white, and they'd bring in stars from the past, you know, to be as guests, you know, as guests on the, on the, on, on the show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like uh, Fred Armisen would always show up as Liberace, and he'd be like, I'm fine. And they do, like, ridiculous gay jokes. Uh, as Liberace, and it was hilarious. And so he would always have these guests that show up, these guests from that time period, from the 50s or the 60s, and they would ruin Vincent Price's show. They would never go right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so the night, the night that John Hamm hosted, they did the, the Vincent Price, it's the Halloween special. And so Bill Hader, who I wonder who's at the door, could be a trick-or-treater, and he opens it up, and it's Kristen Wiig as Gloria Swanson, and that alone was brilliant as Gloria Swanson, and John Hamm as James Mason. And James the Mason, and he oh, does this. Oh, I think I saw that. And it's like, say, say, Price, where are the whores? You know what I mean? Like, and so he's like doing this James Mason <laughs> and this amazing spot on James Mason. And it was hilarious. And, and uh, no, uh, it's, it's t- I had two old fashions on the way over. You know, like, so, so he, he's killing it. And the, behi- the backstory is that it was originally written and in rehearsal and dress you know, in dress rehearsal that they actually film in front of an audience and dress, mm-hmm. it was Dean Martin he was doing. 
So it was written as Dean Martin, and he came out and he do, he would do Dean Martin and blah blah blah, and it went over it, it went over okay. And then the writers threw this at him after dress, which means an hour before the live show. They go. Hey, um, the Dean Martin thing, we're not liking it as much. I think it would be funnier. We'll change some of the dialogue. We want you to do James Mason. You think you can do a James Mason? And he's like, (laughs) I've never done James Mason before in my life. This is an hour before the live broadcast. And they're like, just do James Mason. He's like, okay. And so when you watch that sketch now, when it's out there, you can watch it because it's brilliantly funny. It's, uh, it's It's Vincent Price's holiday special with James Mason and Gloria Swanson. That's what you can look it up when you YouTube it. Uh, just know that an hour before that, he was doing, he was, he had done, he'd done the sketch a bunch of times as Dean Martin. So they threw new dialogue at him and he had to come up with a James Mason impersonation before that. An hour. Mm. It's, <laughs> and it makes it even more impressive. Like you watch it, you go, God damn, that's good. So anyway, how the hell did we get, oh, we were talking about um, the uh, insurance commercials. That's right. Yes. That's right. John Hamm. That's right. And then there's the Toyotathon lady. Yeah. What's her name? Because <laughs> Lily. She have, does she have a name? She does. Yes. Lily. Lily is the is the is the jaw droppingly gorgeous girl uh, from the T-Mobile commercials, and she was in this movie called Werewolves uh, Within Us last mm-hmm. year, and she was great in it. She's very funny. Very funny actress, by the way. Um, that's Lily. Flo is the girl from Progressive. Mayhem, you got Mayhem. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and then you got Jake. Jake from State Farm. Oh, right. Jake from State Farm. Um, and then... Jan. Jan, that's it's it. Jan, Jan is... Yes, Jan is, the, uh, is, is your Toyota. Here's your Toyota lady. Yeah, you Which get I'm, those... I'm quite amazed, specifically like Jan. She could really just be interchanged. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. yeah, Like yeah. she doesn't really... I don't think that she has anything that is particularly it's not like well, the progressive right uh it's not like flow that character and, and they've that added those actress. They've, add, they've added those supporting characters like that guy character the annoying guy character now in the flow commercials you know which mm. guy i'm talking about he's like he he's got like speaking roles in like almost all of them now he is like the new sort of yeah. he's not flow he's he, the he he's had the his annoying own, he had his yeah, he had his own commercials too, where it was yeah. just him. Yeah, where they were going on like a car ride, and he had right. to be there to like yeah. monitor. And he right. found, I just did not understand. He was like, "You have to stop." There was just right. free free wood, free wood, like, and they would they go through they they go through a drive through, and then there was uh, right. there was oh, he the, eats uh, ribs. He eats ri- right. There's another <laughs> one where he shows up to do a commercial, and he drops the car off, and throws the keys, and walks through like he's a hot shot and the joke is that he thinks he's a real hot shot but he's really just a jag off that's the joke yeah only he, he only he's not nearly as funny as Flo, or not nearly as charming as Flo. Um, yeah i like the other there's the other one with the like the really that voice the woman where she explains um, yeah, in the progressive and she just talks like this i love her and she's like she's kind of got the new one where she like explains why you don't want tacos yeah why would you want right tacos she was she was great she's, when they were doing all the pandemic yeah ads. she's hilarious she is hilarious and, the, yeah, and those, she's a really funny um she's a really funny comedian just in general like yep. she has a special mm-hmm. i can't remember I her believe name that we watched but um, it was pretty weird <laughs> but she's really funny and i'm glad that she's got like uh, like that the latest one is the one where 
like she explains to someone why they wouldn't want to sell their house or something like that. Right. And Which then I'm just going to be like, I need to, I'm going to have to try that reverse psychology business. Right. And then when they walk out, why would you want a taco? Yeah, the falling, the, the toppings all fall out. And then the guy goes, yeah, you know, I really do want a taco. That whole, that thing is very funny. It's very yeah. funny. So her name is Natalie Palomitas. Yeah. And she did this. We, I watched part of it. Colin was way into it. I was kind of freaked, weirded out by it. But it was funny. Uh, she does a one-man show uh-huh. under this, like, pseudonym of this character, Nate and she dresses up like a man. Like, she's a man. Oh, like, no, no. I know she... what you're talking That's her. That's her? <laughs> it's her. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. It's, it's, I think it's, uh, I don't know where you can find. Oh, you can find it on Netflix. Okay. Um, but <laughs> it's it's pretty unsettling. Oh, that's bit. cool. I didn't know that was her. I didn't. Like, I haven't watched that, but I know of really, it. I... Yeah, she really gets into that character of Nate. That's cool. <laughs> that's cool. I'll definitely have to watch it. I'll definitely have to watch yeah. it. But yeah, no, it's nice. But you land one of those, man, and you're set. Like you're set for life. I yeah, have a friend. For sure. One of my friends did a national commercial, okay, uh, where he had, I think, one speaking line, one line. It was a tampon commercial. Mm-hmm. And this is, a, and oddly, he was male. And he had, and he, and, and, I mean, obviously, he wasn't the focal point. He was a supporting, he was like the, he was like the girl's boyfriend. In the tampon right. commercial. Um, and they're driving. I can't remember the exact thing, but they're driving. And uh, the drive is very, very long. And they switch driver. They have to switch. You know, she was driving for a while. And then he has to drive for a while. And the, and the whole idea of the commercial was that you can keep this tampon in for a long drive and you'll be fine. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It was, it was one of the, it, that was the focal point of the commercial. And so my friend Matt was in it. And he auditioned for it. He got it. And how you get these parts, these audition, you know what I mean? How, how does anybody know if they're right for a commercial? Especially if you don't have any lines. You know what I mean? You go in and you're like, yeah, okay, fine. You're in it. And so he gets it. They give him one. I think he's one line or something that they say while they're switching positions from par- passenger to driver's side. Mm-hmm. He has one line. And uh, it turns out to be a national commercial. He lived a year on that. He lived a year. He was able to live a year just on the money he got from that commercial, that national. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, when so, I was uh when I was doing voiceover classes, the teacher, he had done he told us what he did. He had done some beer it was either a beer commercial or it was a a truck commercial he did, but he played yeah. it for us and I was like, "Oh shit, that's that guy." <laughs> but he was like, "Yeah, no, I lived pretty good off of that for a minute." Yeah. It was like, yeah. "Dang." He had one, it shot, I think it took, I don't know, two days to shoot, okay? Mm-hmm. He had one line, he finished shooting it, three months later it aired, and suddenly checks just came in. Because it's a national, if you, if you pick up, a, if you yeah. get a commercial, and it turns out to be a national, and that, that commercial ran for maybe six, eight months, he lived a year, a solid year, he could live comfortably on just the money he made from that commercial. So you think about that. That's one commercial, one line where nobody remembers him in it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So mm-hmm. think about that. And then, you know, how, I mean, what kind of money you're making if you're fucking flow, you know, and everybody knows who you are, you know? Yeah. And, and when I was it, on a commercial, 
Were you? I got twenty bucks. What was the commercial? Oh, wait a minute. It was. The, it was. The, oh yeah, you and Colin were on the uh, commercial. The the, the insurance commercial. Yeah, United Auto Insurance. That's right. They gave United- us twenty bucks to sing. <laughs> we signed some things that we probably could never ask for more. That's right. That's right. It's funny. But we you know, it's really we were funny. at a uh, we were at a food truck festival and we needed cash. We had. Well, he had mistakenly given donation to like the entry, and I was like, "No, bye." <laughs> right. And so he he uh, that was most of his cash. But then, but then United Auto Insurance came over and Here's wanted a us commercial. That's cool. So you were able to eat that day. That's nice. Uh, you know what was funny? I remember yeah. when that I remember when that commercial ran because it used to run late at night. And I remember mm-hmm. when when you and I were working at the car wash, um, and um, I had monitors in my studio on to like one of them was on channel nine, one of them was on other channels. And you were in the um, the traffic hut, which was in a different mm-hmm. room. And whenever I would always yell, Esmeralda! I would always yell because sometimes I'd see you and Colin on TV because the commercial would run in the middle of the night. <laughs> and I'd be like, Esmeralda, you're on TV! And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that is so funny. All right. I've never been bucks, in a commercial. Though. Never been in 20 I'm bucks. not going to be. <sighs> yeah. Well. Wow. Uh, oh no, that's not true. I was in a commercial. You were? I was when uh, the car wash spent a little money uh, when I first got the overnight gig. Oh they really? Had, they had me and Pete and Patty as your late night car wash people. <laughs> um, and it was like a, I I don't even think it was thirty. I think it was like a fifteen second commercial. Uh, right. But it was it was me and Pete and Patty because we were the late night hours. Mm-hmm. on the car wash at that time. And so, yes, that's the only commercial I've ever been in when, when the car wash spent a little money on us. Oh, well, there you go. Well, I mean, that's when it wasn't a car wash. It was actually a really good radio station at that time because cool people were running it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. Uh, I've never, you know, I've never been in that. Yeah, I, my legs are in the movie Wildcats. Did you get any money? Did you no, get any money for no, that? No, I was an extra. Oh. I was just an extra. Oh. But my, my legs are in it. And I got to meet the director, Michael Ritchie, who I loved, who I, I was a huge fan of. He passed away. And I'm a huge fan of Michael Ritchie. Directed some great movies. We, Wildcats, unfortunately, is not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> they shot you at Lane Tech. In, you got paid in a visit. Yeah. <laughs> you got well, they paid gave in it, like a meet and greet, essentially. Yeah. Well, they, at one point, they gave us sandwiches, like bologna sandwiches. Oh, wow. Um, oh, bologna. Yeah. yeah, I got bologna sandwiches. But it was it was shot at Lake at, at Lane Tech High School, mm-hmm. and it was supposed to take place in like uh, late fall, and so they put trees up uh, where the leaves were gone mm-hmm. to make it look like. But it was like literally one of the days that we shot. It was like a hundred degrees out, and we had to have like coats and stuff on <laughs> because it was supposed to be football season, high school football season. And so, only your legs were in it. Yeah, my legs are dangling like behind Goldie Hawn's head. You can see my legs. Oh. Yeah. So I'm in a movie with Goldie Hawn and Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes. Well, there you go. Yeah. Directed throw by Michael Ritchie. Your, uh... Show that in my resume. <laughs> I've been I've been directed by Michael Ritchie, for Christ's sake. I'll have to put I'll have to look up your IMDB. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually I do have an IMDB page. Um, do you? Oh, because for like self. Yeah, because I was in. Uh, uh, I'm. Uh, I'm. Shit. What are, what are my credits? Look it up. It's. I'm. I'm in there. I know one of them is a Bob Clark documentary. The guy who directed a Christmas I think story. I, and- I. I too am on IMDb because Brandon Weatherby made a movie once. And oh, I was in okay. 
Okay. Now it's up to you to Except keep for some up. Your, reason. It's up to you yeah, to keep I think up I your put page. It up. <laughs> yeah, you have to like keep it up. You have to like pay or something to put your headshot up or put a bio and stuff. Yeah, mine's just a blank. Mine too. But mine's in there. It's in there somewhere. Look it oh, up. Wait you, a minute. You got a you got a thanks. I got a thanks on I think the Bob Clark documentary. Uh this is yes. this is yes. And I'm I'm Break in that. Break update? I'm, yes, that's Colin. Colin Suter made a movie about breaking up. And I'm in it. So there's that. I tell and them Svengooli. Oh yes, because I'm on Svengooli a bunch of times. Yes. Okay, so that's my credits. Svengooli. So there you go. Break update and uh the Bob Clark documentary. This is Bob Clark? Is it what's uh, it Clark World. Clark World, right? I'm in that as well, uh, but I but I got a special thanks on that. But yeah, uh, in um, in Breakup Date, which Colin made, you can see it's it's available. I think on all the free streamers. It's a really mm-hmm. great documentary about breaking up and dating and all that stuff. And uh, I'm in it. And one of our one of our former uh, traffic uh, reporters has a big part in it too. Oh. Uh, but yeah, I'm in it, and I tell the story about how. I took a girl on a first date to see David Cronenberg's Dead Ringers. I tell that story. <laughs> I am uh, incorrectly. Uh, I have an IMDb page, but for some reason, there's apparently another Esmeralda. Uh, Is it really? Who has yeah, because there's a bunch of other <laughs> credits on here that are not mine. That's not you. It's just a. It's not mine at all. <laughs> what's the What's the movie that he made that Brandon made? Uh, it was called The Shuffle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was about it was essentially about the a relationship this couple that meets uh, they meet at a bar and then kind of the end so you see the beginning and you see the end of it oh, and okay. then you don't really see much of the middle um, you see the first date okay so that's kind of where and then and what, like that's what, what, you see the first day then it's like intercut with them where it's the end of it and they're just like trading back their stuff on a bench. (laughs) So what do you play? Uh, I was playing her friend at the bar. Okay. So when they first meet, she was, I was her work friend and we were at the bar. You know what? I remember now. I think I saw this. I mean, I it was I like it. it was like a little short that yeah. he made. No, no, no. You know what? I did see it. I remember now. When we first started working together, Brandon said, "Hey, you should check this out." I now I remember <laughs> seeing it. Now I remember seeing it. when you and I first yeah. started working together. Yeah. Yeah. This oh. is at the time when he started making a bunch of like he was dabbling in uh, <laughs> in in film. Isn't that what he does though? <laughs> regular doesn't he just dabble in stuff? Brandon. Yeah, he just does stuff. He's yeah, great. He was, He's great. He did yeah. this, and then he did he did another one with what I almost feel like was his muse for a minute, which her name is Sabina, mm-hmm. um, and she's in The Shuffle, and then she's in another movie that he did where it's like kind of a fight. Again, it's a short. Yeah. Uh, and it's like people fighting. They work at a bar, but they keep like where you keep seeing them is in the basement, and then going back and forth, you, there's like a band playing, and the band is supposed to like the music is then yeah, like what the fight kind of feels like and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, all right. Well, we also did good. a uh, we also did a movie, a black and white, I think it was for one of those 48 hour film fests. Oh sure, yeah, I used to have those guys on my on my show all the time. Yeah, yeah we did one for that. Who knows what happened to it? Brandon probably has it somewhere. I wasn't in that. I was just a producer. <laughs> Right. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that that's an insane thing. The fact that that gets done is nuts. 
Um, yeah, it was it was really it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. There was a lot of people um, doing it with us, um, but it was fun. It was a fun two days. There was like a festival, a street oh, fest yeah. going on, like right oh, yeah. near his house. Yeah. So there was like all that chaos, and then just people like just to get it done was ridiculous. Yeah, but it was wow. fun. It was fun. I I enjoy when things. When you know what you have to do, um, but it's like this short amount of time to do it yeah. in, I love doing that. Yeah, when you get it's when, when you, have... you don't know what's happening, and then you have that amount of time, and you're just like, I don't know. Like, but as, right. as long as you have like a, okay, these are the things we have to do. We just have to get it done within right these two days. Right. Uh, so it's like controlled chaos, I guess. Yeah, well, that's cool. All right. Well, there we go. We are we are movie stars, Esmeralda. Both both you and I. <laughs> yes, we are. We are actors. We are actors. Yes. <laughs> I will say that like two of my favorite things ever is um uh, is that when Bubba Hotep came out, mm-hmm. uh, and that's the movie with uh, Bruce Campbell as Elvis and Ossie Davis as JFK. Yes, he does. Yes. JFK. And they have uh, they battle a mummy. And it's mm-hmm. written and directed by Don Coscarelli, who is the guy who created the Phantasm movies. As you know, mm-hmm. I'm connect- I love the Phantasm movies. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite yeah. things ever is that uh, if you watch the trailer for Bubba Hotep, the first person that comes up, the first quote that comes up is me. And, <laughs> and so I'm like, yeah! You, did you not, do you not also come up in the movie? Well, I'm thanked on the, I'm thanked on the, on the, uh, on the, uh, on the commentary. On the DVD commentary. I'm talked about on the commentary by Don. Oh, okay. And by Bruce. Oh, no, too. I see. I forget why we watched something, and whatever it was had a trailer for Bubba Hotep. Yeah. Because I remember first, being like, I'm, why have I seen that? I'm the first I'm the first thing you see in that trailer is me. Yeah. Not, not, if you go not to me, YouTube, but my, my quote and my name is the first yes, thing. Yes, if you if you go to YouTube, you can you find the official trailer. Right. A significant piece of American cinema. That's exactly right. That's dot, my quote. Dot dot. That's me. That's me. What did that. you say after? I'm always curious like what are the um, three dots? Like what I don't did really, you say? I just continued <laughs> to praise it as like a hilarious and funny and brilliant uh with you know, like a career performance by Bruce Campbell. Um, so, yeah, I don't remember specifically, but it was all praised. And then on top of that, like I became part of the Phantasm family because like the big five uh, film, huge DVD Blu-ray box set, mm-hmm. um, all of my all of the appearances that I made at Flashback with the whole with the whole cast are on there. All my Q&As mm. with them. Um, I'm mentioned, I'm thanked in the booklet. Um, and nice. I become, I have like, you know, like it's big, that's a big deal for me is the whole phantasm thing. So that's my favorite is my connection to you Don Coscarelli. Really, you, I'm, I'm very confused by why you don't do like talking head stuff. Um, what do you mean? Like on all those damn shows. Oh, you shows. mean on DVDs on on, on No, well, even not even DVDs, but like. Oh, on documentaries and stuff. Yeah. I but don't there's know. all those TV shows where they yeah. do like lists of stuff. I feel right. like they should have you on speed dial. Wow. I appreciate that. And I agree. <laughs> because you would, I mean, you would add so much. 
Wow. You know so damn much. Oh, well, I'm in it. I, I will say this. I am a talking head in an Evil Dead documentary. Somebody made a documentary about the Evil Dead movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm in that as a talking head, exactly what you're talking about. Um, I can't remember. Shit, I can't remember what. It's a documentary about the Evil Dead movies, and it was in the mid-2000s when it was made. You need to get yourself an agent. Who's uh, an agent? Anybody an agent? Anybody? Anybody know anyone? Hold on a second. Give Nick a call. <laughs> Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and oh, I yeah. love Carrie, Nick's show. Carrie, you me, know an agent. Come you've on. You've got an agent. Come hook on. Up. Go, hook me up. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, All right. and I uh, love Nick's All show. Right. She'll take care of it then. Have you, also, have you also ever thought to write a book? Um, like do one of those things? Yeah, I know. I you... hear that. I hear it all the time from people. Yeah, and I just why don't, don't you? Well, the thing is because it's, I'm just a jag-off. Why would anybody read a book that I would write? You know what I mean? I just don't. Yeah, but most of those people who write those books are jag-offs. <laughs> They're just writing a book because they have information. <laughs> you know what I love about that, Esmeralda? This is one of, the re- one of the many reasons why I love you so much is that you did not deny the fact that I'm a jag-off in that Whatever. statement. Whatever. Like, we're all jag-offs. <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like, all those, like, info, those movie info, movie, like, stuff, movie this, movie that. Like, there has to be something that you probably have so much, at least, like, love for that you could write a, start to write a book about. I, you know what I've, you know, uh, here's the thing. Um, You know, like, that that whole, uh, like, uh, that whole horrible time that I had, like, you know, after I got canned and during the time I fell off the wagon in that dark period Mm -hmm. for about a year. Um, after I started to think about shit that I needed to do, one of the things, you know, like people were like, dude, you need to write a book. Yeah. Um, but I just have this, you know, this self image that I'm like, nobody's going to read a fucking book that I, you know, like that I write. I'm just some, you know, jag. Wow. So anyway. Good job, Nick. Yeah, I know. (laughs) You know, you could write it, you could write it and put it on Amazon. I know, I know, and I know. Again, I, look, Brandon I know, Weatherby is a yeah <laughs> author. I know, I know, and I and, and I know Rick Kempfer, who you know runs a you know a book publishing company. I mean, he published he yeah. published he published Roger Banish's book and other friends' books that I know. So I got See, no look, excuse. If I guess Roger Banish. I know can write a damn book because <laughs> I was hearing about that book for years. Yeah. I am amazed that it got done. <laughs> no, it did. It did. And, uh, I'm just amazed because he yeah. would always, like, people would tell him. People kept telling him, like, write that book, write the book, write yeah. the book. And then he's like, mm, I guess, yeah, I know. I'm gonna... <laughs> and then he did it. And he did it. And then it. he and then finally did it. I'm amazed. He did. He did. And then he never stopped talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. But all I right, just let's... kept hearing it. I, you know, the whole, like, I'm gonna do yeah. it. I'm gonna do it. It's lo- so it's I'm amazed lo- that it's, it actually. It is in, in all seriousness. It's a great <laughs> book, and he's very lovely to me in it. I, I'm in it because I spent a you know, I spent a, a a good portion working with that guy. I spent years working with yeah. him over at the car wash. He's my news guy, and uh, and he he's very very kind to me in the book. And there are lovely stories that I remember that he shared. And so it's a it's a terrific book. Um, oh, it's nice. Uh, the unplanned life is what it's called. Uh, it's yes. uh, Roger Badish. Roger okay. Badish. Very cool guy. All right, let, let's get out of this uh, stuff because I'm getting depressed now. God, God damn it, Nick. Yeah, I'll give you asthma. I'll yeah. give you need to write a book. Tell yeah, you write no, a book. No, All right, do write it. a book. God damn it. All right. I don't have to hear you talk anymore. Uh, okay. So we, the last time you and I spoke, we talked about uh, kind of our love for uh, uh, reality shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let me just say this. Since the last time we spoke, uh, 
the episode from last night, uh, we are taping this on a Thursday, and in three mm-hmm. hours, the live episode, the new live episode of, uh, of Big Brother happens, and they're going to boot somebody out, and it's going to be great because last night's episode of Big Brother was one of the best episodes in the history of that show, in the 20-year history of that show. Oh, wow. Last night's episode was so awesome, and what happened in the last five minutes and the setup for tonight's episode... Big Brother fans at 8 o'clock tonight will be in front of the TV just going, <laughs> like jumping up and down like idiots because oh, of what happened in the last episode. <laughs> oh, my God, the setup. I mean, I'm not going to explain it because it would mean nothing to you or anybody who doesn't watch the show. But if you are a BB fan um, and you know what happened on you know, the episode from uh, Wednesday night, oh, my God. <laughs> so, but we were talking about our love for some of those things, and you like the Housewives some of the housewife stuff, correct? Yeah, well, yeah, it's just funny because it's just it's 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 that thing where like you just have to laugh at how ridiculous like what they fight about is yeah. because there's so much happening in the well, world in there. You've always like, you've always you, you oblivious. Had, you had to correct me because I just assumed the last time we talked cuz I don't watch the housewife things and again, it's not mm-hmm. like a I'm not being pretentious or uppity cuz I'll watch look I watch Dr. Drew's Celebrity Rehab. Yeah, you watch Big Brother. I watch Big Brother. I watch Dr. (laughs) Drew's Celebrity Rehab. I watched... uh, uh, Oh, I uh, watched that, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I watched... uh, What's his ass? Brett Michaels' Whores on a Bus. I watched that. (laughs) I watched the... uh, the uh, uh, Flavor Flav, when when women are taking shits shits on stairs. Uh, I watched that. uh, I watched I Love New York. I watched... uh, uh, a pumpkin. I all that shit. I watched. Yeah. All, so so housewives I, is just it's just a different thing. Right. I just exactly. didn't watch <laughs> exactly. But I you had to correct me because I just thought in every episode they flip tables. Remember I, I thought no for, that would be great if like that they just like the producers <laughs> always just had a table ready like they kind of like pushed them towards it like you know it would be good, good if you be cool. just flip this table flip the table a little. <laughs> Just um, it's ready to right, flip. Right. Again, I'm not above that. I, I'm, you know, like right. the stuff I've watched, I have no, I mean, I watch Mob Y, all of that shit on VH1, all of that shit. I yeah. watched it all. Um, I'm, so you said that you had found some oh, are you shows ready? Yeah. that don't even, like that you've never seen. Some that I've never existed. seen, some that I have seen, but these are probably, and when I do remind you of them, you're going to go, oh my God, I can't believe that shit was on TV. Yeah. Now, a couple of um, one it was the last the, one of the last things we spoke of was that goddamn knife movie or that knife show where forged people forged in knives. fire. Yeah, man, <laughs> forged in fire. My thing, I just love how like they try to make it sound so badass. Which I yeah. guess, yeah, I mean, you're making like knives and and like axes and stuff, and yeah, so that's cool. They're making weapons, right? Because I now, know one of the things they have to do is like test the weapons correct so then like they have to chuck them at stuff and like see how good it cuts things right right right, right. <laughs> well here's so here are here, badass I guess. here are yeah. here are a few that are similar to that okay i looked up a few that okay. were similar yes all right now like competition where you have to create stuff now i will say this the one that i'm about to mention is truly one of my favorite besides top chef i think the best competition reality show of all time and a show that mm-hmm. that really shows off creativity uh, in, a be- in a great way. And that was a show called Face Off. And Face Off was... Oh, yeah. Was that a Netflix? It was, was it a sci-fi. Netflix show? It was sci-fi. Oh, sci-fi, okay. Um, and it was essentially 
uh, a competition between makeup effects artists, latex makeup effects artists. Yeah. And they would have to do these special effects, and they would do these assignments, these, these competitions where they would have to create this makeup uh, you know, under certain circumstances. And then the person who would win would get like a, you know, a contract with like Tom Berman Studios or like, and get a job on Hollywood sets designing mm-hmm. latex special effects makeup. And you know my love for horror movies and makeup and stuff like that. So yeah. obviously this show, but this show truly, Esmeralda, was about creativity. It was about, and there, well, and, and, and there were very few like petty asshole you know, drama things. In mm-hmm. fact, they helped each other out. Like if somebody didn't have enough latex or somebody needed to do something, help with their mold, people would help each other out. So the, yeah. the, the vibe was not like, you're an asshole, I'm an asshole. Uh, my, my makeup is going to be better than yours. It's like everybody creates really cool stuff. Yeah. No, and that's, that's also why I like British, the British Bake Off. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because nobody is mean to each other. They're all like, we're all in this. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> help and each I, other. Like they, they'll give advice or whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I do enjoy as much as you, you really the whole petty villain or it's whatever fun. cattiness. It's fun. Yeah, it's yeah, fun. Yeah. yeah. But then it's also nice to see something where like people are thriving and doing really like amazing work, and they're right. all just helping each other, and they all exactly. know they're all like in the industry, right? In some and, way, and that's why. Top Chef to me is my favorite and always will be. It's it, it's it's about people being creative in the kitchen, and, right? But some of I those mean, people are petty as hell. Absolutely, and and no no no. And there's there are villains. There are there are the chefs you love yeah, and the no. chefs you hate and all that stuff. But that show showcases something. It's not just about the drama. Oh, it's for really sure. about so. But now Face Off. And by the way, Esmeralda at Flashback, you will meet a couple of people who used to design on Face Off. Because oh, that's cool. Some of the makeup artists from Face Off show up at Flashback, and they have nice. a table, and and so like winners from the past and stuff like that. I st- I'm still in contact with uh, God. I can't I can't remember his name, but I'm still in contact with this guy and his girlfriend who were both contestants on Face Off, mm-hmm. and they're from Chicago, and they Very I cool. think they made it to the top ten. Um, but yeah, that show. I don't know why they they don't do it anymore. Uh, but I was sad when they took it off the air. How yeah. about this one, The Great Pottery Throwdown? i i am sure that they are making amazing like intricate gorgeous pieces of pottery yeah (laughs) the way it's the great the great pottery throwdown it just they try to make it sound again they try to make these things sound so damn badass although now that i'm looking at a at a um uh, essentially the cover of what would be the DVD for the Great Pottery Throwdown? Not so badass, right? <laughs> not, not so badass. It's ultimately uh, just about pottery, is what. Lovely it, yeah. lady in a floral dress and right. a middle-aged balding man in a nice now, tie. Now, how jacket. about this one? <laughs> World's deadliest warriors. That, World's deadliest wait, warriors. So are the, those people competing? So it's what it is is. From what I understand, I've never seen it, but it was one of those things mm-hmm. like, if you like knife ass or forged in your ass fire, <laughs> you'll like World's Deadliest Warriors. And I guess it's like people compete in challenges as competing warriors from different time periods. So okay. they, have to, they have to make the weaponry. They have to make the, the outfit, you know, the, the shields and the, 
armor or whatever they used, you know, at that time period and become warriors from different time periods. And then, uh, and whoever is the best warrior from that decade or that time period wins. Okay. Well, I'll see you that. And I'll see you night fight. K N I G H T fight. Tell us about Night <laughs> you Fight. Can, what is well, you can find it on Pluto TV. Pluto, uh, God bless it. Yeah. Apparently it's modern. Again, I haven't seen this. I'm just like yeah. seeing. You can find it on YouTube and stuff. Yeah. Uh, modern day warriors in over 80 pounds of plated armor use real steel <laughs> weapons while engaging in a series of full contact battles. <laughs> so this is, like a, this is like a a true medieval time. That's amazing. <laughs> What's it called again? Night what? Night what? Night, night fight fight night fight yes. oh man oh i'm writing God. that down i mean that's probably just i'm going to assume there's a lot of uh medieval times people oh god also wild, trying please. to compete in this show yeah <laughs> medieval times they're and like King, you know and, what and i'm the blue knight at medieval times right. i think i can do this well it's also the goddamn people from the ren fairs man oh god yeah and, and Although i'll tell I you i think these are like these have to be you have to know how to fight right they're not like to be on night fight. they're not actors pretending to be in the ren fair you know what i mean because right. i know i know people who've worked the ren fair and there's and i've known listen esmeralda as you know and i know you know a lot of people a lot of people who who are actors and actresses in the world of theater the ones that work at ren fair every year are fucking insufferable they are oh, in I just saw, insufferable. I just saw the ad for it, for the Ren Fair, and I was oh. just like, okay, no thank you. It used to be called <laughs> King Richard's Fair. Back in the day, it was called King Richard's Fair. And oh. the first time I ever went was when I got passes from Roy Leonard on his, ta- on his show because oh. I, answered, <laughs> I answered a trivia question back when I was like 14. Oh, my God. And Roy Leonard's like, hey, man, uh, you got some tickets to see to King Richard's Fair. How and- did you get there? Uh, well, I was dating a 22-year-old girl. who I was 16. I, da- right. I was dating oh, a 22-year-old girl with a kid who drove. Um, so- <laughs> That's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I love your reaction every time that's mentioned. I just I can't. I just cannot grasp. My mind does not. Uh. <laughs> it's like as soon as I mention you, go, yes, I know. I Okay, sh- shush. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so wait, how did you, did you, did you like it? Did no. you dress up? No, I went, me and my 22 year old girlfriend went and went, what the, f- what is this? Colin, and, Colin went. So his, yeah. um, his friends own that barber shop that, you yeah. know, Beards Guard, Beards Guard Barber. Yep. They, um, Beards Guard, if you didn't figure it out from the name of their barber shop, love medieval things. Sure. <laughs> they love like all that stuff, fantasy, sure. medieval fighting things. So they dressed up and Colin was oh. at the time working there and then he also oh, dressed God. up. Oh my God. <laughs> he uh, was fine with it, I guess. I would have been sure. like, ah, glad I didn't know you because I'd uh, be like, I'll see you later, sir. Yeah, see you later there, <laughs> Ren Fair guy. All right, I want to get to some of these uh, other ones, okay? Uh, t- game- you remember Joe Millionaire? Yes. That was the one where the guy pretended to be a millionaire, but when the, the woman was wasn't. picked, you're not a millionaire. Yeah, you're it's just some jack old joke. How about best funeral ever? Oh, Lord. Best funeral oh. ever was, was a, about, it was a reality show about a, uh, a funeral home and mm-hmm. uh, all of the crazy oh, and okay. unusual and, and the crazy and unusual uh, uh, requests that they would get for funerals. You know how some people have like Viking funerals or themed funerals. 
Okay. You know, like Elvis funerals and stuff like that. The, this funeral uh, home. They're tricking out funerals. Exactly. And it was called Best Funeral Ever. By the way, they, did you know that they rebooted Joe Millionaire this yes. year? Yeah, I know that. <laughs> How about, here's a few more. How about Sexy Beasts? Sexy Beasts was one of my favorites. It lasted, I think, <laughs> one season. And it was a dating show where you didn't get to see what the person looked like because they were under crazy, prosthetic oh, no. makeup. <laughs> you actually, did you watch it? Oh, fuck yes. I watched every episode of it. <laughs> it was great. It's out there. Esmeralda, oh you got to watch it. It is unbelievably funny. I forgot to, about that show. It's, That's right. You, Esmeralda, you got to watch it. It's, they're under full oh. like creature makeup, and they're like, Oh, yes, I like to sew. Or they're talking about their... I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's so funny. Do you watch any of the other dating shows on Netflix? Like the blind... What is it? Blind Vox or Box? No. Mm-mm. Stuck in a box? I, I the, the only one that I just... Because I just recently rebooted... I, I just recently re-upped my Netflix. I was off for a while. Mm-hmm. But the one I want to catch up with is the one that Nikki, uh, Nikki Glazer hosts. Uh, F-Boy uh, Island. Mm, because, okay. because, Nikki, Nikki, because Nikki Glazer hosts it. Right. Um, and, and she ho- and, Now, do you know uh, one of my favorite reality shows of all time? Ezra you please look it up if you've never seen it. Now, we all know who Chris Hardwick is, obviously. Yes. Oh, okay. yes. Your uh, favorite, it, yes. Shipmates. Shipmates. Shipmates is the best goddamn reality show of all time. And it was, it, and the re- one of the reasons why it was so great was because Chris Hardwick hosted it as if he hated being there, and he did. Like, he would literally, like, he would come back, they would show a clip of these two people, they're on a cruise, and they meet, and they have three days where they're Mm going to fuck and do stupid shit. It's your typical, awful, lowest common denominator dating show that takes place on a boat. And But he hosted it with complete contempt. Complete contempt. It's the greatest reality show hosting job anybody's ever done. Like, they, the camera would come back to him, and he'd look at the camera directly in the camera, and he's like, why are you watching this? He would... <laughs> He would say stuff like that. And, um, uh, and then people are like, oh, you, Chris Hardwick. He's right. like, no, I'm being serious. Seriously, why the <laughs> fuck are you watching this? And then when, uh, you know, years ago uh, on the car wash, at the car wash when Bill and Wendy were on, mm-hmm. they had Hardwick on. And I asked Bill, I was like, Bill, please ask him about Shipmates. And uh, so Hardwick was like, wow, somebody you know watched Shipmates? <laughs> um, and I watched, I seriously, I Esmeralda, I watched it religiously. I watched it religiously. And be, mainly 90% because of Hardwick, because he was so funny on it. Um, and so he's like, yeah, when I hosted it, because that was back, because Chris Hardwick is, is sober now. Um, and when he, was doing, when, he was doing, when he was doing Shipmates, he was at his drunkest. <laughs> oh, boy. And he Which, clearly, by the way, you can watch on Crackle. There you go. There's the reason to get Crackle <laughs> right like there. <laughs> So, 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 but now from what I understand, I haven't watched it yet though, but Nikki Glazer hosts F-Boy Island exactly in that fashion. Like, why are you watching this shit? You know what I mean? Right. Well, yeah. So. I mean, it's pretty, I mean, just the, the, by the way, um, it's on HBO Max. Yeah. Oh, 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 well, well shit. I didn't have to get Netflix then. <laughs> All right. Because I had HBO Max. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, let me get to some of these other ones really quickly here. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Do you remember Scream Queens, where actresses? Yes. Uh, act- this is not not the show that uh, Ryan Murphy did with Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, right. And, and this was the one with Shawnee Smith. Uh, Scream Queens. How about Vanilla Ice Goes Amish? I just saw that. Like I, I've I was looking up 
reality shows. I just saw that there is a, a slew of Amish reality yes, television. Yes, there are. There's a ton which of Which is weird because they don't. They don't have TVs. <laughs> yet, yet, for some reason, the loophole is, but we can be on it. Yes. <laughs> we can be okay. on the TV. We just can't watch it. How about the one of the most despicable shows ever? You, do you remember The Swan? Where <gasps> ugly yes. women would be made over. Um, uh, um, and you know, like they would get actually cosmetic surgery. They would go yeah. that far. And it, it was, it, it only lasted one season. It was completely, and they did, by the way, they did an unbelievably funny SNL bit with the Swan uh, involving um, the one legged character that. Uh, 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 oh, yeah. Amy, yeah. Pol- Amy uh, Poehler used to do the farting one one legged <laughs> character. Yeah, that's right. I farted her. Um, Okay, how about Who's Your Daddy, where you, where, you, where you find out, and it's not Maury, but it was a reality show where you find out that you're not someone's actual, uh, you, their parent, uh, oh. your parents are not yours. They're not oh, really yours. God. How about um, Mr. Personality, where all the guys are in masks and Monica Lewinsky was the host? That sounds familiar. Yeah, that's a Fox show. It was, it, it was, I remember it. Oh, Fox. Yep. They really, <laughs> he knew yep. how to do it. No, they did. I mean, Swan was Fox as well. Um, and, uh, how about my strange addiction where people like eat shit, weird stuff and things like that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They're into, yeah. That's a TLC I've... show. Cause they, yeah, TL- TLC... TLC has, they have the, I'm so fat. I can't move shows. You know what I mean? Yes. They've got, yeah. <laughs> so TLC and then discovery discovery has also, sadly enough, discovery used to be informative. Yeah. Yeah. And educational. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's just a bunch of reality TV shows, much like TLC, which again. Which is all like people be... eating weird shit, hoarders, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, God, I have to go to the ER because I had sex. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have a 900 pound scrotum. That stuff was like. like <laughs> I, uh, I didn't know I was pregnant. <laughs> Until nine months in. I gave which birth. Which I'm frightened. And yeah. That is the most frightening thing for someone who doesn't want children. Because now I'm just like, what? Because it seems like it could happen. I thought I, I mean, had a, how many thought, of these? How, they got to find all these women. They do. The, I mean, the odds. And, and again, it's like, how many times do you think it's a bowel movement? And like, what? There's the a ba- odds. What? <laughs> just thinking in terms of just like the odds yeah. of how, uh, this show makes it makes it way more yeah. real. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, my, and as I mentioned in the last the last episode, my dad is obsessed with the parking ticket one, the parking mm-hmm. wars, yes, parking, ticket parking one. wars. Yeah. Here, here are ones that fall under that category. Small town security. You ever seen oh, that? Boy. That's like a small I have town. Not okay. It's basically a small security company that basically they run a security company and they get calls in the middle of the night of basic garage break ins and stuff like that. Small town security. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right. Um, then you have Bill, Bill the Exterminator. Have you ever seen Bill the Exterminator? <laughs> no, and I don't. I'm, I'm That's sure where he get... has very fascinating things that he's <laughs> catching and killing, but I do not. Nope. Don't need to see that. That's like he goes into rat and cockroach infested houses. Ooh, and shit. no yeah. thank you. All right. Uh, Storage Wars, classic. That's another one yes. that f- falls yeah. into that. Whale Wars. Whale how are, are they? Oh, wait a minute. Are... Is it they're like environmentalists? Yes, exactly. Okay, yeah, I've yeah. seen that. Um, of course, <laughs> cu- you mentioned there's Cupcake Wars, another one that's wars. Yes, Cupcake Wars. If you throw wars at the end of something, suddenly it's a reality show. Right. Wasn't there a Lego Wars? Yeah, Lego. Well, yeah, there's a Lego Wars. It's still, that's that's on. There's How about Blackboard Wars? That was about 
Blackboard a, Wars. Now, they, they, now that's a, it's a very misleading title because it's actually a reality show about a school, a public school in a town that is trying to survive, and it was a year-long documentary about rebuilding the school and getting it back up. So the title oh, well, that's is, like good. Yeah, bro. exactly. It's like a real good sort of documentary. Unfortunately, they wanted to get people to watch it, so they called it Blackboard Wars. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so those are those are some of the one, some of the ones. But I just remember, I think the most despicable of all of them uh, is the Swan. That was the one where I was just like, okay, that one. I think yeah, every everyone can agree that's yeah. truly despicable. Yeah. Uh, but. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, Shipmates is on Crackle, so we're all happy. Right? <laughs> crackle. And apparently it's free. Maybe a free trial or something. No, no, there it's free. Crackle, crackle is free. Everybody, to, go watch Shipmates. Crackle and Tubi. Tubi is another one. T-U-B-I. Another one that's a streaming service. They have a whole bunch of crazy shit on there. Yeah, that you can, that... Tubi. I've, I've looked through Tubi, and there's some interesting things on there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, which so is maybe, great. Because some of these again, things you don't want to die. And Esmeralda, <laughs> I, I, I urge you to watch Sexy Beasts. Oh, my God, you need to watch it. I, I just, the feather in these, oh, my God. Yeah, they're just so, in those giant That's it. Costumes. Stupid makeup with the, the, it's the very, uh, it's, a, it's amazing. So, all right. Well, uh, that's fun. Lots of reality TV out there. Um, a lot. A lot. A lot. <laughs> all right, my, like half of but, it. My thanks to Esmeralda. Uh, as always, you're the best. Uh, Alex Winter. My thanks to Alex Winter, who we will all meet at the Flashback Convention next week. And my thanks to you. Please be a sponsor if you want to. Advertise on the Nick D Podcast. Tons of people listen to this podcast. You will be heard. Sales at RadioMisfits.com. Get your ads on right here. Sales at RadioMisfits.com. You be a part of the Nick D Podcast. Leave a voicemail message at 773-417-6948 anytime you want. Email us. NickDPodcast at gmail.com. My thanks to Jason Skaggs. My thanks to everybody at uh, Radio Misfits, particularly Ed, who, again, is in Texas where it's 190 degrees, Oof. and he's editing my podcast as we speak, probably, <laughs> uh, in that heat. Rate and review us on every single platform. We want to get the feedback from you. And next time, it is a For the People episode. Tom Appel, the car expert, and Herb Weisbaum, your consumer expert, will join you. Uh, will join us to answer any and all of your consumer and car-related questions. So, uh, thanks, Esmeralda. You're the best. And uh, oh, my thanks, thanks to everybody for listening. And we'll see you on Tuesday for the people on the Nick D Podcast, Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Thanks, everybody. Thanks.